another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a 12 questions version of the podcast with Eric Almarola of Richard Petty Motorsports. Now, I'm coming to you from the home of Nate Ryan, who does the NASCAR on NBC podcast. I've been couch hopping sort of this week between uh, Darlington and Richmond. First, I was staying with Bob Pachris. Now I'm crashing at Nate Ryan's place, staying out in between the races to save some money instead of going back to home in Portland, Oregon. So I've been out here all week. We'll be driving up to Richmond tomorrow, but definitely want to let you know about a very special podcast coming Thursday for the social spotlight. It is with NASCAR president Brent Dewar. He was recently named NASCAR president. He had been the chief operating officer. As you know, Mike Helton has been the vice chairman of NASCAR for the past few years. So there has been no NASCAR president. But it is Brent Dewar now, and so we got to talk at Darlington for 20 minutes uh, about social media, so I hope that you will find that interesting. And again, that comes out Thursday or tomorrow if you're listening to this Wednesday when the 12 questions drops. So anyway, here is that interview with Eric Almarola, which we did in the garage at Darlington. All right, everybody, I'm here with Eric Almarola. And Eric, the first question is, how much of your success has come from your natural ability and how much has come from working at it? The first question I have is, how many people listen to your podcast? Well, I could tell you, I, I look at the numbers, it's about uh, 3,000. So probably, I don't, I don't know if that's good for podcasts. Do you think it's good? I have no idea. I'm not, uh, I'm not really in the podcast business. But all right, so to all you 3,000 listeners, uh, what was your question again? Okay, how much of your success is based on your natural ability and how much has come from working at it? Uh, you know, I think there has to be a balance of both. You know, I think um, a, a race car driver is always fine-tuning their craft and, and you constantly learn. I mean, I think even Jimmy Johnson, after winning seven championships and all the experience and laps that he has, you know, I think he still learns every weekend, or at least I, I, I feel like he does just from talking to him and conversating with him. So. I feel like as a race car driver, you're constantly learning and working at trying to be better, but there has to be some natural ability and some natural talent uh, to be able to, to make the work pay off. So Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, now Dale Jr. have all either retired or soon to be retired. What's your pitch for fans of theirs to become fans of yours? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I think... With our sport, uh, you have to compete and run up front and and be uh, you know sort of in the spotlight to to gain the fans. And so, we've got to do a better job of that. I got to do a better job of that. And if you run up front, uh, the the fans will come. I mean, they people love to cheer for winners and people love to to boo for winners, right? And so, um, you saw that with Dale Earnhardt. You saw that with Darrell Waltrip. You see it with Kyle Busch, and um, you know obviously you've seen it with Tony Stewart and Jeff Gordon and. Back in the day, people used to hate Jeff Gordon if they were a Dale Earnhardt fan. And then, um, you know, Dale showed some love to, to Jeff. And then when Dale uh, passed away, it seemed like the Rainbow Warriors came out in flying colors. So, um, you know, I think success breeds uh, stardom and stardom breeds fan base. And so I've got to uh, do my part on the racetrack to, to gain more fans. What's the hardest part of your job away from the racetrack? Um... Away from the racetrack, I think that the hardest part is just balancing, uh, you know, life and a family and still trying to work, you know, still trying to work out, stay in shape, 
make the sponsors happy, go and do you know sponsor appearances or do uh, PR requests, go to do um, you know race hub or NASCAR America or all of those things. They take time out of your out of your weekday life. And don't forget Thursday through Sunday, we're a thousand percent dedicated to, to racing. And so our families sometimes get put on the back burner. And I think that's the most challenging part for most race car drivers, especially ones like myself that have a wife and, and kids. Um, just trying to find that balance during the week of uh, if you said yes to everything, you could, you know, I could I could find ways to work seven days a week every hour that I was awake. But um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, when to say no is the hardest part. So let's say a fan spots you eating dinner, you're out in a nice restaurant. Should they approach you for an autograph or no? Absolutely. Yeah. My, uh, my wife, especially if she was there, she would be, uh, she would poke and prod me to, uh, to loosen up some, uh, and, and do those kind of things. So, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I'm a very personal guy. I enjoy, people and i enjoy uh you know people coming up and and saying hi and especially if they're respectful um you know i think that's uh that's important so janice doesn't mind getting date night interrupted no not at all um she yeah she she thinks it's uh you know she thinks it's good and she thinks it's cool that uh people recognize me and um you know as like i said as long as they're respectful there's the occasional um, you know, that, that's, that's not very uh, respectful, but most people are extremely respectful. And, and when, when people come up and, and, you know, just want to meet you or want a picture or an autograph, it's, uh, it's kind of cool. You know, I, I never thought that that day would come when I was a eight year old kid or a 10 year old kid racing go-karts. Uh, never did I ever in my wildest dreams think that, uh, somebody would want my autograph, even though when I was about 10, I would sit there and practice my name in cursive in case I had to sign an autograph one day. Uh, and now, you know, I have to do it. That's pretty cool. Uh, what is a story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage? I think uh, the amount of hard work that all these crew guys put in. You know, they, they work, uh, you know, 60 hours a week during the during the week at the shop. And then they come to the, the track and put in three, four hard grinding days at the track. And they just, they diver- they devote more of their life to this than even the drivers and you know team owners and stuff do Uh, the the crew guys all all of the brunt of the 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 workload really falls on their shoulders you know making sure that the cars are prepared and built and the haulers are you know going to and from the races and so so much of this sport rests on their shoulders and they they put in a tremendous amount of work and i think that's sometimes oversought Who's the last driver you texted? Uh, Jimmy Johnson this morning about going on a bike ride. <laughs> How was your ride? It was good. I rode uh, I rode like 42, 43 miles. So uh, it was it was a nice morning ride here in Darlington. Um, the weather was was nice for it. It was a little humid, a little overcast, but uh, it was nice to get up and get the blood flowing. Do you consider race car drivers to be entertainers? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we go out and we put on a show for the the people and the people that come to, to watch, the people that tune in on TV to watch, uh, the people that tune into the radio to listen to it. Uh, you know, that's that's what we're doing. We're putting on a show. If um, if there wasn't anybody that watched and if there wasn't any fans in the stands, every race car driver in this garage area would probably still race. Um, but we wouldn't have a 
a job doing it. You know, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't make the money we make. We wouldn't uh, we wouldn't have the sponsors we have. We wouldn't have the involvement. And having the fans just changes the whole atmosphere. You know, we we all grew up racing uh, Saturday night short tracks, and when you go there and you have a thousand, twenty five hundred, or five thousand fans, um, you know, you don't you don't really pay much attention to it. But then when your first time you start racing a NASCAR, and you walk out on that driver introduction stage and you see a hundred thousand fans in the stands, uh, it changes things. It it, uh, it it brings a whole new level of excitement and energy to to our sport. What is your middle finger policy on the racetrack? Um, I'm not big on doing it. I I, I tend to uh, to refrain from doing that most of the time. But when it's deserved, it will certainly come out. What happens when it gets done to you? Uh, usually I'm mad and like, what the heck's that guy's problem? So, um, you know, I think uh, I think sometimes you know uh, when you maybe are going to get it, and you you maybe did it on purpose like you know you know it's coming and you don't really care and then other times you're like you know kind of caught by surprise so so sometimes drivers have a payback list for negative reasons do you have a neg- uh, do you have a payback list for positive reasons like if somebody cuts you a favor or lets you in on the track sure i think the the one guy that comes to mind for me is tony stewart when when he raced and I thought we raced really well together and and he raced everybody like that like he would race you hard when he when he knew he you know he wanted that spot or had a car good enough to have that spot but then on other days when he was struggling with his car or whatever he would not hold you up he wouldn't fight you and then the next pit stop if they made an adjustment and his car was better and he came from you know a straightaway behind and caught you you would pay him that same favor back you'd you'd let him go and wouldn't hold him up and I thought, um, you know, he, he learned from the Mark Martins and the Dale Earnhardts and those guys how to race that way. And that's the one guy that I always felt like when he cut me a break, I was, you know, I was sure to, to return the favor when it came back my way. Very interesting. Who's the most famous person you've had dinner with? Uh, man. Uh, I've had dinner with Garth Brooks. He's pretty, he's pretty famous. That's awesome. How was that? That was pretty cool. We uh, we went and uh, hung out with him and Trisha backstage uh, at what was supposed to be one of his final ever concerts in Kansas City at the uh, Sprint Center, and we hung out with him backstage before he went on and uh, had pizza and drank some beer, and uh, that was that was really cool. What is something about yourself you'd like to improve? Um. Probably, I've got. I'm not trying to stall because I don't have anything I want to improve. I'm stalling on trying to figure out what's top of list. <laughs> I have a lot of things I want to improve on. Um, I think I'd like to improve on just being a, a a better a better husband and a better a better dad when when I'm available. You know, I think it's so easy in this sport, like we talked earlier about, getting caught up with racing and racing kind of being number one and everything else taking a back seat. Um, that even in those moments when I am home and that I am being a husband and I am being a dad, um, I still find myself lost in, in my own thoughts about racing and, and everything revolving around racing. And so, um, you know, I think that's probably the, the one thing that I think would most benefit me to, to improve on is to just continue to be a, a better husband and a better dad when I am home. 
So the last driver I interviewed was Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And he didn't know who the next driver was, but his question for the next guy was, what did you do over the off weekend? And if it was something cool, why did you not invite him? <laughs> well, he did something really cool and he didn't invite me. So I'm pissed actually. Uh, he went out on a huge yacht um, and toured around down in the Bahamas. So uh, I'm jealous and shame on him for asking me why I didn't invite him to our little uh, resort uh, that we went to. Uh, my wife and, and the kids and I, Janice, Alex and Abby, we all piled up and uh, went down to the beach down in Georgia and made a long weekend out of it. We uh, The kids started school, so uh, taking them out of school for a whole week is uh, not really ideal, especially when they just started. So um, we took them out of school for just Friday and Monday and made a long weekend out of it. And we left Thursday afternoon when they got out of school and went to the beach. So uh, we had a great time. The weather was a little crappy uh, a couple of the days, but, um, you know, we, we still made the best of it and had a lot of fun. Sounds good. So I don't know who the next driver is, but do you have a question I might be able to ask the next person? Yeah, ask them why they agreed to do this interview. That might be the best question yet. Uh, well, thanks very much for joining us. I appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, Gluck. All right, everybody. So there you have it. And uh, good question from Eric Almirola. I don't know why people would agree to do these interviews, but uh, I'm glad that Eric Almirola agreed to do that one, especially after last year we had a bit of a snafu with the 12 questions, which I can explain to you another time, but I was worried that maybe he wouldn't want to give it another shot after last year, but he was gracious enough to do that. So definitely appreciate his time as we roll into the final race of the regular season. Now, again, as I mentioned earlier, Social Spotlight coming up on the next episode of the podcast is with NASCAR president Brent Dewar. Hope that's when you'll tune in for. I thought the interview went well, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it and hear your feedback on what you think. So make sure to keep your eyes peeled for that Thursday. And then it's off to Richmond Raceway, where we will find out which 16 drivers will make the playoff field for the upcoming 10 races. And I have a bit of a wacky idea for the post-race podcast. I don't want to reveal it yet in case I can't pull it off, but keep your fingers crossed that uh, maybe I can make this happen on Saturday night after the race. So thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Glock Podcast.